I'm Matt. And I'm Jenna. We are Mana. And this is Food for Thought. A podcast dedicated to encourage and inspire you as you seek to grow your relationship with Christ and live out your Catholic faith. Today's episode, I speak with a special guest on a highly requested episode on sugar and intermittent fasting. Hey everyone, welcome to episode 49, and Jenna is not here with me uh, this uh, episode. She had a lot going on this week, and so um, the style of this episode works best with kind of an interview. Style, so I asked my wife Erica to be on the episode with me. So, um, want to welcome Erica to the show. And Erica and I uh, are celebrating our six week or six week six year <laughs> wedding anniversary um, this week. And so, um, you know, I really think that our wedding was the most emotionally moving wedding I've ever been to. Okay. Even the cake was in tears. <laughs> it was it had four it was a long lead into the dad joke there but um welcome everyone so um that needed a little bit of, of preparation but i think it went okay <laughs> it did. um so like i said this is episode 49 and um yeah we're doing uh kind of a second part to our previous episode on health of mind body and soul and talking about um something that's been highly requested of me to do a podcast episode on we'll talk about that in a second but first, as always, we want to do our peak pit plug. So, honey, do you want to do yours first? No, you go first. Okay, I'll go first. Okay. Um, my peak is that um, we celebrated today Ooh. our six-year anniversary, and we had a really fun day. And um, our my in-laws, Erica's parents, came down graciously and watched our daughter all day. Yeah. So that was very nice of them. Um, my pit is I did not get a lot of sleep last night. Mm. I like woke up with this weird eerie feeling at like 4.30 in the morning and was like looking out all the windows and like <laughs> something's going on, but nothing was. Um, but it's just, I couldn't really get back to sleep um, for like an hour or so. And then my plug, um, oh, so one of my pits also was I had a really overwhelming week. And so my plug is that um, something that really helped was just having like, five people that I knew immediately I could just like send a text to mm. and like be like can you pray for me mm -hmm. this is what's going on and so just want to put that out there that if you don't have five people that you can just reach out to for prayer and support um find five people who you're willing who are willing to do that for you and I'm sure if anyone um is you know a practicing person in your life even if maybe you don't have a super close relationship with them if you ask them I'm sure they'd be more than willing so to maybe have that kind of like you know Avengers Assemble wow. squad on your phone <laughs> um, in terms of prayer and spiritual life and support. So yeah. that's my plug. What about nice. you, Mace? Um, My peak was obviously, again, today. Mm -hmm. It was very nice. I really enjoyed the escape room. Mm -hmm. Even though at first we weren't on our game, we got on our game. We escaped. We did. We escaped. My pit was that summer school ended. And it's always hard saying goodbye to people that you've like bonded with for mm -hmm. so long. Um, and also all the grading now has to be done and that's always such a bummer. But anyways, so yes, my plug, because I've been asking you to plug this for like two months. I forgot. And finally I get to be here to plug it, <laughs> is this Netflix show called Big Dreams, Small Spaces, and it's with the British horticulturalist Monty Don, and he goes and he helps people build their dream gardens, and it's super good, even if you don't like gardening, right? Yes. I can't believe I forgot to plug it. It was so good. <laughs> You're not helping no, me. No, I did really like it. See? I'm not a big, uh, I don't have a green thumb. Um, I have regular skin-colored thumbs. You do. Um, so, but I really enjoyed it, and... The guy's just got a good, wholesome personality. And yeah. he shows up and, like, tears stuff apart. Helps yeah. people, like, tear up the existing <laughs> garden space. And then he's like, all right, I'll just leave you with this mess. And then, <laughs> it's really funny. It's and then really it good. always turns out something really awesome. So It does. Yeah. It does. What was that head called? That green? Oh, that grass head that yeah. that lady made? Um, yeah. Mudhead. Uh, Mudhead. It looked like Alf. Yeah. But it was bad. So that's my so anyways, plug. So anyways, thanks finally. for that plug. Yes, finally. 
Anyways, so um, today's episode has been highly requested because if any of you follow me on social media, um, you've probably seen that I've had a pretty dramatic, or if you've heard on the podcast, I've shared a couple times, I've had a pretty dramatic uh, shift in my health and nutrition and weight loss. Um, in the past five months, I've lost 65 pounds Dang. with no exercise, all just nutrition and diet and good eating habits. And um, our last episode, we really wanted to do as a lead into an episode like this because a lot of people have been requesting like more information and you know what does this look like and so I want to caveat it with a few things. First of all, like um, I don't want to just do this episode because like oh look how great I am because this really isn't. This is something like I was so blessed and fortunate to come across this information because I've been searching for something like this to just live a healthier lifestyle mm -hmm. um, because I'm really passionate about advocating for people to become better stewards of their bodies, their minds, and their souls, and how all those are connected. And that's what our whole last episode was about. So if you're listening to this episode, if it's been recommended to you, or if you've come across it, please go listen to our previous episode that Jenna and I did, episode 48, because um, that'll be a good precursor to see like how all these things are linked. And we do talk mm -hmm. a little bit about this in that episode. And we might have a little bit of repeat information, but um, we really want to house all the information about this particular topic in one episode as well. But I think to get the spiritual aspect and why we're doing this on our like Catholic podcast is because, you know, we, our bodies, as it says in scripture in Corinthians, first Corinthians, like we're temples of the Holy Spirit mm -hmm. of God's very life within us. And if we are exercising our mission as disciples to live out some plan that God has for us, and we're treating our body terribly and being bad stewards of the body that that mission is being carried out in, then we're inhibiting our ability to do God's work well. Um, because our body isn't just, you know, it's not going to just affect us physically. It's going to affect our mind, our mental capability, our spiritual life, our discipline, our ability to say yes to the right things and no to the wrong, uh, to the bad things. And so um, it's going to be difficult to have self-control and discipline in anything if one of those three is off balance because they're all so intertwined. Mm -hmm. And I've found that this thing that could just look very physical, very bodily on the surface has really manifested itself in those other areas. Like I feel so much more mentally clear, mentally focused. I feel more spiritually disciplined, mm. um, more spiritually alive and joyful uh, because, you know, we're mind, body, and soul. It's all integrated. They're not yeah. these like three separate closets within us that like <laughs> we are sometimes activating one and not the other. So, right. um, so that's kind of the impetus behind doing this. I also want to caveat this episode by saying I'm in no way a medical professional. So I am just telling you the information that I've found and that what has worked for me and recommending that if you want to do this, please do not do it without consulting a doctor, without consulting, you know, any, you know, nutritionist or, you know, physical therapist or anyone that you see, uh, because, you know, I, I don't take any medications. I don't have any pre-existing conditions or ongoing health things. So this may affect you differently if you do. If you have any yeah. other dietary restrictions, if you have celiacs, if you're lactose intolerant, if you have you know any other dietary digestive things going on, make sure that you talk to your doctor about this, share the research with them. But from what I've learned about what I've done, it seems like this is the pretty, just the right way to go for anybody. It's mm -hmm. just about how you get into it because of how custom, uh, how, um, familiar or used to your, your, how, what am I trying to say? How your body's gotten so used to eating a certain way. If you're not eating well, it might, you might have to be a little bit more sensitive or tactful mm. about how you get into this new habit or, um, kind of slowly taper off eating certain foods because it might affect your body more drastically or negatively initially because of what some of the foods that we consistently eat do to us. They kind of put us in a certain state mentally and physically. So uh, I want to caveat it with that. So I'm not a medical professional. Um, I'm, I'm telling you, if you're considering doing this in any way, please do your research. Please talk to your doctor, especially if you take medicine, especially if you have any pre-existing condition. Um, and especially that condition has to do with your diet, your you know physical health, you know, weight loss, digestion, um, allergies, anything like that. So, um, yeah. So, should we get started? Yeah. Ask away, babe. So, I think, like, the first question is, what are you doing? Okay. What is this <laughs> thing that we're talking about? So, I mentioned this in the previous episode, I believe, but um, I am not eating any sugar. Um, I'm not eating anything that has sugar on a label, 
anything that has any ingredients that means sugar, even if there's zero calorie sugars or sweeteners or chemical or artificial names for sugar. Mm -hmm. And I'm also doing what's called intermittent fasting, where I'm only eating all the calories I eat within a specific window of time, um, which you can shift and do at different times. I do typically every day from 3 to 7 p.m. Now, I'm not eating that entire time, but during that four-hour window is the only time I eat anything that has any calories at all. Otherwise, I'm just drinking water, maybe some unsweetened tea or, you know, a cup of coffee or something like that. Um, But that's it. Okay, so... Let's start with the intermittent fasting thing. So I have a few questions specifically for that. Okay. Um, people want to know, like, how did you pick the time that you've picked? How do you know, like, what's a good time to pick? Like, yeah. Can you talk about why you picked your three to seven window, four hours? Like, yeah. What's so, well, that? I mean, we kind of have to talk about sugar first to talk about oh, okay. intermittent fasting because of, like, what sugar does to your bloodstream and why you want to confine what you eat to a certain time. So let's talk about sugar first. Okay. Yeah. Okay, great. So how did you kind of discover the trauma, the trauma, (laughs) the the trauma trauma of sugar? So um, I came across, I listened to a podcast called Jimmy Akin's Mysterious World. He's the senior apologist Yeah, at Catholic Answers. And he had a pretty dramatic weight loss journey uh, mm. a number of years ago, and he did it through the same thing of not eating sugar. Um, and so he shared a lot of his research, books, documentaries that he came across. Mm. And basically, um, you know, 40 years ago, you know, in 1980, um, there were zero cases of adolescent diabetes. There wasn't a lot of sugar, chemical sweeteners in anything. Food was a lot more natural, a lot more, um, you know, just... Pick it, you know, it was what it was, you know, it wasn't really, um, there wasn't a lot of things out there that were happening to food that were in need of, um, regulation because they were negative. Um, Mm. there's probably some going on, but not nearly as much going on now. Um, and so, um, because of food costs, because of, um, some research at the time, um, people decided, uh, I don't know who, but that like fat was bad. Um, that fat and food was bad and it kind of makes sense to correlate to like if you feel like you are fat and there's fat in food and you don't want to be fat why do you stop eating fat you know and I'm sure they did more research than that but it seems like (laughs) to market it 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 wouldn't take a lot to convince someone like don't eat fat or it'll make you fat I really hope that was all they did I really don't know I hope so but so they started taking fat out of all the food and when you do that fat is where all the flavor comes from Mm. and so when you do that food tastes like cardboard it tastes terrible so companies had to start coming up with um, sweeteners and additives to be able to make food taste good without Mm -hmm. fat in it and market it in such a way um, where the caloric intake was still low because if you're Alerting people to something that's supposed to be healthier and telling them about, you know, the amount of grams of something in in food not needing to be lower and the calories needing to be lower uh, and you put a bunch of just natural sugar in it and it shoots the calories up. Well, that doesn't help. So they had to come up with different, you know, different lobbyists got involved, different companies got involved to try and figure out how much sugar is needed for the daily person's uh, for person's daily diet, you know, Um, and they came up with in the research like um, about around six to eight grams of sugar. Okay. However, lobbyists from big corporations, because they were going through this thing of no fat and needing to put a lot more sugar than that in products for a serving size, um, got them to boost it up to about 24, 25 grams. Oh my gosh. Um, yeah, per person per day, and which is two and a half times, you know, what at. What you need. Yeah. I mean,. It, the research varies like six to 10 grams is what you need per day. So, okay. you know, at least two and a half times um, what's recommended for a person's daily intake. And so what happened as a result of that is that a lot of companies were uh, now allowed to put a lot more sugar in things than they're really supposed to for health. And so there was no adolescent diabetes in 1980. Today we have over 58,000 cases in the United oh my States. Gosh. 
And a lot of that is because sugar is in everything. Sweeteners mm-hmm. are in everything. High fructose corn syrup, MSG, um, all these different nicknames for sugar right. that people have developed um, or different sweeteners, even if they're natural, like organic cane sugar, honey, um, you know, molasses, like all these different things. Or they'll call it like syrup or crystals or juice concentrate. You know, they'll find all these ways to... Natural flavors. Natural flavors, yes. <laughs> all these ways to disguise... They're just basically trying to disguise sugar. And so um, I came across all this research um, from Jimmy Akin's Mysterious World and started seeing like, wow, like, yeah, this is in a lot of stuff. And the problem with that is that when you consume all this sugar, it spikes your blood sugar so rapidly throughout the day Mm. that your insulin is constantly kicking in. So here's what, when you eat something that is sweet, and your blood sugar spikes beyond a certain level, the um, enzyme or hormone, insulin, from your liver will be released. And what that does is it causes your body, instead of burning calories, to retain calories because it doesn't want your blood sugar to go even higher so you don't go into like sugar shock or something like that, okay? So um, when there's more and more sugar that you're consuming, more and more sugar hidden in things, you're constantly um, emitting insulin you're constantly insulin's constantly active in your body and you're constantly retaining the calories Mm. that you're eating Mm -hmm. and so um because it's in everything a lot of people just started gaining weight and that's what you know we have an obesity epidemic in the united states and so uh, people are finally starting to realize in a lot of research that this has to do with the fact that there that food has become very artificial sugar is in everything if you look at a food label Um, next to sugar, it won't show you the percent for your daily intake because nobody can agree upon it, A, Mm. and B, even if they could, most things would be over 100% for a serving size, not even for the whole package. So most people are consuming, you know, I think the average amount of sugar that an American eats in a day is something like 40 grams. I could be wrong about it. It's in one of the documentaries that I'll share. Um, That's like one can of Coke. Yeah. So that's... Four to eight times the amount of sugar that you're supposed to eat or consume every day, and you get so you get natural sugar from fruit, from cheeses, from even from protein, from fat. You get Mm -hmm. enough to maintain the blood sugar that you need. So if you're like worried about, oh, I don't want to get low blood sugar, I don't want to crash, I don't want to do all this. When you get off of sugar, you will feel like you're crashing because you're so addicted to it. It's in everything. Um, and I shared in the last episode that some research that's been done has suggested that sugar can be up to eight times as addictive as cocaine in our brains Wow! because of the fact that we're constantly, people don't realize how often they're consuming sugar. It's Mm -hmm. in your health products. I was at Walmart the other day and I looked at keto bars with keto's a big diet right now. And I looked at it and there's like six grams of sugar. It's a whole day's worth of sugar in one bar. Wow. And I guarantee you people who are doing keto are, are not just eating that bars worth of sugar every day. There's natural sugars and other stuff, you know? So you have to be very careful of your intake of this stuff. And most programs that are out there aren't helping people discover this. What they're doing is they're trying to get people to work out like Olympic athletes, (laughs) Um, you know, CrossFit, P90X, Insanity, like any big workout, Zumba, all, you know, um, uh, Pilates, uh, spin classes. They're trying to exert the most amount of effort and burn the most amount of calories possible to make you like basically at the fitness level of a professional athlete because you need to be to be constantly activating your metabolism to counteract the fact that you're constantly activating your blood sugar. Wow, okay. So your your body's constantly going between burning sugar, storing sugar, burning sugar, storing sugar, burning sugar, storing sugar. So you have to be activating your metabolism throughout the day mm-hmm. to combat this because sugar's in everything. And that's where these myths come from that you gotta eat all these different times throughout the day. You gotta eat like breakfast, lunch, and dinner and two snacks. You gotta be eating every two hours to activate your metabolism, mm-hmm. good healthy food. And that's the genius of intermittent fasting is so if you cut sugar out and your blood sugar is not spiking constantly and you intermittent fast, what you're effectively doing is allowing your body to retrain itself to no longer expect to get that quick boost from sugar. And it will go into what's called a ketogenic phase, which is what keto is founded on. You're constantly burning fat. 
And so when you do fasting for, you know, I do a four hour fast uh, or a four hour window. So I fast for 20 hours. So for those 20 hours, my body is constantly, my metabolism is activated because my body's constantly burning fat. Because once it burns the fat that I eat and it's been trained to, to look for calories and fat, sugar and fat, and not simple sugars anymore because I'm not eating them, mm-hmm. it no longer knows the difference between the fat that I'm eating and the fat I have stored. And okay. so my body's just constantly burning, constantly burning fat. Um, and so I have a pretty rapid weight loss because of that. Whereas if I were working out constantly and eating three big meals a day um, and eating like healthy, you know, bars and you know, healthy quote unquote um, snack foods and things and not tracking my sugar, then I wouldn't be losing weight. And so if you're listening to this and you've done, this was the frustration for me. I've done P90X. I've done Insanity. I've done all these weight loss programs. I've spent tons of money on them. And I would work really, really hard for two or three months and I would lose a lot of weight. Mm -hmm. And the second I was done, I was so grateful to be out of the misery (laughs) of those two or three months of hell that I stopped completely because it wasn't sustainable. Yeah. Because I don't want to be a professional athlete. You know, I don't, I'm not training for the Olympics. Right. So over the next two months or three months and the same amount of time it took me to lose the weight, I would gain all the weight back. Mm Mm-hmm. And so if you're in a boat like that where you feel like I've tried things and they haven't worked, they're not sustainable, it's very frustrating, I can't get past this wall of like getting to a certain weight and I can't lose more and I want to lose more because I'm still not where I need to be, um, you know, this whole system, will it allows your body to retrain itself to do what your body's naturally designed to do. There is sugar in fat, there is sugar in protein, and your body is meant to burn it for that blood sugar so you can have the energy that you need but it's denser calories in fat and so if you're counting calories stop because a sugar calorie does not affect your body the same as a fat calorie mm. which does not affect your body the same as a protein calorie right. they burn at different rates and your body responds to them in different ways and if you're eating a lot of simple sugars and stuff that's hidden in there your your body's absorbing it so fast that it requires no energy to burn it which is why it might even say zero calories on it because a calorie is how much energy mm. that your body exerts to burn that serving size. And so okay. that's kind of the, the, how they determine that unit of measurement um, for food. And if it's zero calories, that means your body needs no energy to burn it, which means it's immediately absorbed by your body. Mm. And if it has sugar in it, even if it's a zero calorie sweetener, it's spiking your blood sugar. And so what that's effectively doing, let's say if you drink Diet Coke all the time, what Diet Coke will do to you is it will spike your blood sugar, in, uh, kick in your insulin. Your insulin will start to store any calories you eat throughout the day. Uh, and you're also not exerting any energy to burn calories. So you're shoving yourself more and more and more into this state of storing fat, mm-hmm. storing calories instead of burning them. So essentially that is kind of the, holist- the whole picture of what sugar does to your body and why sh- not eating sugar is... The best way to go for your body, especially if you're trying to get healthy, especially if you're trying to lose weight. Um, you know, I, I didn't do this because I wanted to be, you know, cut, you know, because I wanted a six pack, you know. Yeah. I did this because I had high cholesterol and I didn't know how to manage it. And I was having a hard time with snacking and I was really down on myself because I tried so many things and they didn't work. And I was just like, well, nothing else is going to work. Like, it's all going to be the same. And, you know, I was like, well, you love me and you love me no matter what I look like. And so I was like, not that I was going to let myself go or whatever, but I was like, (laughs) you know, I've never been heavier than I was at the time. I was at my heaviest, but, um, I never really got heavier than that. I was like, okay, like if I don't go higher and my cholesterol doesn't get even worse, then I'll just keep doing what I'm doing. Mm -hmm. And I happened across this and I was like, you know, this seems like something that I might be able to try. Yeah. And my, you know... Within the first two months, my cholesterol dropped from like 225 to like 93. Yeah, and that's crazy. That that in itself was worth it because with a one-year-old that I want to be around for for the long haul, like, yeah. and you who I want to be around for for the long Thanks. haul, you know, um, <laughs> that's worth it alone, you know, and yes. and be, because it was so easy, it's so easy to do. It doesn't. I'm not buying a program. I'm not spending money on all these health supplements and protein powder and all these shakes and supplements and vitamins and things. Mm-hmm. I'm just eating good plant-based natural food and protein. And I'm only eating during a confined amount of time. So I don't need to spend even more on groceries. It costs about the same. Yeah. Um, you know, I'm eating more than I used to. 
and I feel so much better because I'm not constantly spiking my blood sugar and crashing and spiking my blood sugar and crashing that my body is constantly burning energy, which means I'm constantly getting energy and I feel like I, I could go, you know, like hunt a wild boar, you know, wow, like, okay. be, well, because that's what early man <laughs> did, right? They ate all their food in one big meal, their catch, their hunt. Yeah. And that gave them the energy that they needed to go and catch that next hunt. You yeah. know, um, that's what your body does. So, and our bodies are still designed to do that, but we've reprogrammed them in a sense with the terrible food options that are out there. Mm-hmm. Um, pretty much everything. Once you learn how to read a food label, you'll go through the supermarket and you'll realize it's 90%. Crazy. Yeah. 90% probably the stuff on the shelves has sugar in it. Even the stuff that seems healthy, like when we were looking for like nuts, when we were mm-hmm. looking for almonds and stuff, even that like had sugar in yeah, it. Yeah, gram or two, especially if they're roasted or yeah. if they have like, you know, flavors and things like flavor. that. Flavor. Yeah. So it's, it's, in it's a combination of a lot of things out there. Like paleo, mm-hmm. that recommends that you just shop the borders of your grocery store, like just protein and plant-based and stuff like that. Keto is all about high fat, low, sh- like no sugar, no carbs. Mm, okay. Whole 30 is all about like your gut health and no sugar or no inflammatory, inflammatory foods. It's kind of a combination of all the best parts of these, yeah. but in something that you don't have to subs- subscribe to a program or buy a resource, right? Like this information is free and out there. And I want to share it with people because I know how frustrated I was with, um, with just where I was at. And I wholeheartedly believe that not only obesity, but you know, obviously diabetes that has directly to do with insulin. If your body can't produce insulin, then you're constantly, um, your blood sugar is constantly spiking, you Mm -hmm. know, and Mm -hmm. you know, you have to be very wary of the amount of sugar that you eat and you have to give yourself injections. Well, if you don't eat sugar, effectively, you wouldn't need insulin anymore. Mm-hmm. You know, like, I mean, and I'm not a doctor again, I say, but I'm like the fact that we had no adolescent diabetes in 1980 and now we have 58,000 cases. Yeah. I mean, obviously this whole sugar epidemic, and that's really what it is, is correlated to this in some way because obesity has been on the rise since then. Cancer has been on the rise since then. Heart disease has been on the rise since then. Yeah. I think all of these are linked to sugar, cholesterol, you know, storing fat in your body and it having all these adverse effects on what we do, you know, mm-hmm. and there's been a lot of research. There's been a lot of research done about certain chemical sweeteners that cause cancer, like aspartame, mm. um, and acetosulfamate K and all these different weird, you know, um, MSG mono, mono, what does that stand for? Mono sulfate no or something like that. <laughs> yeah. Um, they're all sweeteners. They're all sugars, you know? So, um, High fructose corn syrup, you know, there's yeah. been a lot of research done the past like five, 10 years on that and trying to avoid it. So, um, yeah, it's, it's, it's hard, but it's worth it. So right. that's kind of a general big picture of sugar and fasting. Okay. Um, okay. So let's see how, cause we've talked a lot about like the sugar and the process and stuff like that. So one of the questions is like, how do you know if something has sugar or not? So like, what are some other examples? Like other than like on the label, if it's just says sugar, cause we learned like sugar can be hidden in thousands of ways. So yes. can you kind of like talk about things beyond just sure. like yeah. sugar? So on a food label, you'll see, uh, they have to label where there's sugars or at least they're supposed to, um, if it's above a certain amount. Um, or it's a certain kind of product because sometimes they don't show, mm-hmm. sometimes it doesn't say sugars. And right. that usually means it's not in there because they are meant to tell you everything that's in the product. However, the FDA has certain regulations and loopholes that have been put into place by lobbyists with big food and big diet, um, to be able to kind of get around some of these things. So some of those are, if there is less than half a gram of something in a product, they can round it down to zero. Okay. So they don't have to put... grams. They can put zero grams. They can round down if it's less than half a gram. Um, And so just because a label says sugars, zero grams, does not mean there's no sugars in it. Um, Some places will also say includes zero grams added sugars, or it might Mm -hmm. say includes 12 grams added sugars. So it'll say sugars 12 grams includes 12 grams added sugars. Um, And so you know that all the sugars added, or you know that there's even more sugar um, than is naturally in there. Um, And so that's another way to see. 
And you will notice on both those lines, there's no percentage of your you know daily recommended intake on there because it's always going to be over 100% if they were honest. Um, and then in the ingredients, you have to make sure none of the ingredients mean sugar. For that reason that they can put sugar zero grams, even if there's half a gram or, or under half a gram um, of a sugar or sweetener in there. So let's say, um, you know, I, I, I'm pretty sure they're allowed to do this. Um, but at least if there's one ingredient, let's say there's um, brown sugar in okay. something and there's 0.4 grams of brown sugar per serving, then they can round it down to zero grams. They can affect the serving size all they want to get the serving size to be so mm. small to where they don't have to display the grams of sugar either. So Easy. that's why in a package of food, like a bag of popcorn, you might look at the serving size and it'll say, oh, 80 calories, zero grams sugar. But then you look and say, how many servings for the package? And it's like, oh, 18 servings. You right. know, it's like one quarter cup of popcorn. And it's like, well, okay, if you if there's 0.4 grams and you multiply that by 18, then that's more math. Oh, no. You know, that's 7.2 grams of sugar. You know, right. so you have to be aware of the fact that there are a lot of ways that big food, food corporations are trying to hide this. Um, so that you'll buy it, so that you'll see you'll you won't know that it's unhealthy mm -hmm. because it's cheaper for them to make this food. It's easier for them to market. It tastes good because they shove all this sugar in it, and it appears good because they can say low fat, reduced fat, non fat because of all that marketing that goes all the way back to the '80s when they thought that fat was bad mm -hmm. um, because fat's linked to cholesterol. Well, we know now that there's good fat and bad fat, good cholesterol and bad cholesterol, uh, and so. You know, that's another thing to be able to recognize, like, um, if there's fat in something, that's not a bad thing. It just has to be unsaturated fat. Right. Because that's the type of fat that's, um, it's more simple, it's, um, or it's healthier, it, it contributes to your good cholesterol, and um, unsaturated fat, especially polyunsaturated fat, takes more time for your body to break it down, so you're burning more energy mm. and you're activating your metabolism when you consume it. Okay. If it's saturated fat, that's more of like the um, the simple fats, the fats that are like not super great for you. And then trans fats is all like the terrible stuff you're not supposed to eat, like, like junk food, you know. And a lot of places now have been required to take all trans fats out because right. of research and stuff like that. But they used to do that where it would be like zero grams trans fat, but it would really be just like 0.4 grams mm -hmm. per serving size because they could round down to zero. Um, so don't trust the label unless you know how to read everything on it. Exactly. So what we've done is we've um, amassed a, a huge list of 250 or more ingredients and brands that are known to have sugar in it or ingredients that are known to be nicknames for sugar, chemical sweeteners, um, different nicknames for sugar. And we put it on a Google Doc, uh, which we'll share in the episode notes for this episode, so that when you look at a label... You can look on it and make sure it says zero grams sugar, zero grams added sugar, if that's on there, and none of the ingredients appear on this list. And it's in alphabetical order. So um, it might take you a while to scroll. You'll be surprised. And there's probably stuff that's missing from this list because mm -hmm. people are creating new things, new chemical sweeteners all the time. And so we're going to do our best to keep it up to date. But, um, you know, it's, it's definitely a sinister thing going on. Like there are a lot of people just trying to make money by making cheap processed food that's making people sick. You know, I watched this documentary that I really like by this food guy named Michael Pollan, and he says something about, like, the food that doesn't need a label is the best food you can buy. Like, yes. you never see lettuce having a commercial about lettuce yes. and, like, trying to sell you lettuce and what's in lettuce. It's just lettuce. Yeah. And so, like, eat food that doesn't need a label. Yeah. Because... Now that I'm so aware of that, when I look at the label, if there's something I don't like, don't know what it is, I don't buy it. Yeah. Because I'm like, that. What is that? Yeah. You know. And you're gonna have to make sacrifices. Like we don't, we can't have jam, you know, jelly <laughs> or pizza or pasta sauce. You know, or like peanut butter. Or peanut. Well, there is peanut butter. It's the nasty peanut it's butter. It's just, not worth it. It's more like thin and oilier, but there, yeah. that does exist. But it's hard to, it's hard or impossible to find certain things. And if you are like, oh, this isn't a problem for me, I shop at Trader Joe's, I shop at Sprouts, I shop at Whole Foods. Nope. 
But there are still about 80 to 90 percent of the ingredients on those shelves that have sugar in it. There might be less, but there's still sugar in a lot of those things, and it'll add up so fast so to put you over your daily amount. Let's be positive. Yes. Because now I feel like we're like making people feel like, oh no, what am I going to eat now? Yes, yeah, right? yeah, yeah. So maybe you can talk about like things that you found that you do eat and then thinking about cost-wise because that's one of the things like I think we've always been afraid of doing this was like, this is going to be really expensive. Yes. Well, a lot of people think like, okay, if I want to go super healthy, I got to go organic. Okay, but okay. organic has now become one of those labels by the FDA that also has a lot of loopholes. Ah. You know, like just because it says organic doesn't mean that it hasn't come into contact with pesticides. Doesn't okay. mean it's been processed by a separate entity that doesn't have other things that use pesticides. Oh my gosh. Or and it doesn't mean that it's the healthy, healthiest thing in the world. It okay. basically is like a glorified sticker. Oh, okay. uh, and so you're paying more for food that's probably just going to go bad faster. In your fridge. Mm-hmm. Um, most You can look up certain foods that are probably a lot more likely to have bad preservatives or um, pesticides in it. There are some. You can look those up on the internet. But because of all these loopholes in food and things that are going on just from big companies trying to sell and market food, there's a lot of ways around labeling things organic. And so if you already eat organic, that's fine. You know, Keep doing it. But I'm just warning you that if you shift to organic... Um, and even if you go, you know, to products that are packaged that say all organic ingredients, you know, organic cane sugar still affects your body like sugar, you know, right. and like, you know, it's sure. still a sweetener. Um, so just cause it says organic doesn't mean that it's healthier. Okay. Um, so in general, um, buying things as Erica said, that don't have a label that you know exactly what it is, um, and buying things that, um, don't have sugar in it. I mean, you know, that you would know that from a label, but yeah, yeah buying things that don't have uh, a label. And if you do buy, we do buy maybe, I don't know, like less than 10 probably food products, but some that do have a label. Uh, Cheese it. Yeah. So we know uh, exactly everything that's on the ingredients and on yeah. the label. So yeah, like original Cheez Its and original Triscuits yes. are processed foods. Um, but we can buy them and we eat them sparingly, but like Erica likes the cheese. It's for a little treat and we have Triscuits in the house in case we ever, you know, I, I really don't eat either anymore, but, um, <laughs> yeah, I just tend toward the stuff that's more natural or like cheese sticks. We like these mozzarella cheese sticks. Yeah. So you have to know what everything means on the label to be able to be assured. Like if there is a label, this is okay for me to buy. Um, dressings, marinades, mm-hmm. sauces, you're probably not going to be able to do any of those except maybe some soy sauces, uh-huh. um, olive oil, balsamic vinegar, uh, different vinegars and, um, yellow and Dijon brown mustard for the most part. Right. Um, still look at the labels because some have added sugar, but the, the normal ingredients in those, um, are often okay. And I'll say, and you've said this too, like, cause I'm doing this as well. And like at first everything tastes plain and like you're eating grass, mm-hmm. but really after a while, everything tastes so good cause you're yeah. actually eating the product. Mm-hmm. And then once you start, like I cannot eat ketchup or barbecue sauce anymore because it's just all I taste is the sweetness. I don't taste the like, I don't know what I yeah. tasted before, but you know what yeah. I mean? Like, so at first, it might feel like, I don't want this plain chicken. This is so nasty. But yeah. soon, you'll be like, oh, this chicken actually tastes good. Or, yeah. So that's how sugar know. affects your taste buds. It's just like a medicine. You can build up a tolerance to a certain mm. dosage, mm-hmm. and you need more and more and more of it for it to have the same effect. Sugar is the same thing. You'll have something with a little bit of sugar in it, and you'll be like, oh, I got that energy boost. And then you'll crash like 30 minutes or an hour later. Right. And then you'll need even more to get you the same amount of energy. And you're in this cycle of addictive eating. Yes. And that's why some studies have shown that sugar can be that much more addictive than cocaine in our brains because we, it has this constant needing more capacity. And one of the effects it also has is that sugars and sweeteners inhibit the hormone in your brain that tells you you're full. And so you'll, you will eat more food when you're eating processed and junk food because your body can't recognize that it's full because of what sugar does. Like your dessert chamber. Yeah. So I used to joke that like (laughs) I could eat anything that I wanted to and I could be super full, but I had a secret dessert chamber in my stomach that I could eat. I could always make room for dessert. 
Um, and that's part of it is that like, if you're eating sugar, your body is no longer able to tell you that you're full. Rest in peace. And so I know I didn't really have a chamber. It was just (laughs) body chemistry. Darn. So anyway, so your, your brain is telling you this. And so you, you eat this junk over and over again and you don't realize that it's slowly allowing, uh, making you build up a tolerance to Mm -hmm. sugar, needing more and more of it, craving more and more junk food, more food late at night, more sweet things, um, and your taste buds are changing. Mm-hmm. You're becoming more accustomed to the sugar in things. And so you want it more, but you're not tasting it. And so um, once you try and what I say, what I call detox from sugar, because that's what you really need to do. Yeah. It can take you anywhere from a couple days to a few weeks, depending on how much of this that you eat. Um, and it will feel gross. Like you will have headaches. You will have withdrawal symptoms. Like yeah. it's not going to be fun, which is why I recommend this is the first thing that you do. And you do it in such a way where you're drinking a lot of water and that you are eating three big, full, healthy meals that you don't start fasting right away because you need to sustain um, your energy because you're going to be groggy. You're going to be really moody. You're going to have headaches. You're going to have withdrawal symptoms. You might feel nauseous. You might not feel hungry. Uh, The healthy food that you're eating, you're going to be miserable with because you're not going to think it tastes good. Mm -hmm. But that's because your body's so accustomed to the taste of junky sugar food. Yeah. Um, You know, you, you don't, you may not even realize pasta, bread, like Mm -hmm. everything Almost everything or a version of everything has sugar in it unless it's just not labeled, yeah. you know? Um, and those things do have sugar in them, but they're natural sugars, which are, they have fiber in them. So like orange juice is not a natural sugar. Like there's sugar added to orange juice and you're drinking like, you know, 10 oranges worth of juice when you have a glass of orange, of orange juice. You mean Sunny D is not? Yeah, Sunny D does not grow on a tree. I don't know if you knew that. But if you eat one orange, you're going to fill up just as much because of all the fibrous content of Mm -hmm. the orange. It's going to take your body just as much energy, if not more energy, to burn that. And so it's going to make you feel full. But if you have a bunch of simple sugar in something and a glass of orange juice, you're not going to feel full. You're going to down it. And that's like 10 oranges worth of juice. Like So you're not consuming the natural amount of sugar in the product. But when you buy the non-labeled thing, the orange, you are consuming the natural amount of sugar in the product, but you're getting full faster. So a serving size is actually an accurate serving size. And you don't need this whole bunch of, you know, added sugars because throughout the day, you'll just eat around what the natural recommended, you know, small amount, that five to 10 or six to eight, depending Mm -hmm. on the research, grams of sugar in natural food like vegetables, fruits, proteins, and fats. Okay, so I've dieted, not dieted, I've done my sugar thing. Mm-hmm. I'm doing really great on it. Now I want to move to fasting. Yes. How do I do that? How do you choose your window? How did, you know, can okay. you talk about that? Yes. So, like I said, you don't want to do this until you're off of sugar. And you'll know you're off of sugar because you will suddenly have so much energy. You will not, you'll, you'll get to your meal, your next meal, and you'll be like, wow, I'm not hungry. Like, I'm going to eat. I am not there yet. But I'm... <laughs> I'm still hungry all the time. No, you got to a point. You remember when you were like, yeah, I'm not as hungry throughout no, the day. that's true. Yeah. And, like, when sugary things like soda is so gross to me, too. Yeah. Like, I can't imagine I actually drank it. You used to love, like, having a Coke, oh, I you love know, or something With like. the crunchy ice. Yeah. Yeah. And so oh. it's stuff like that. And I remember for like your dad's birthday, you guys were like, let's have a treat. And you, you all had like a slice of cake. And yes. you, uh, Erica's dad has been doing this too. And you both were like, so you couldn't even finish your piece of cake. You're just like, I feel so gross. It's so depressing. You know? And you can notice there's a change in your body. Food will start to taste different. Like yeah. I said, you'll have more energy. You won't be as moody. People don't realize like how this rise and fall, constant rise and fall mm. of your blood sugar from all the, the simple processed foods that you're eating causes your mood to shift. Yeah. And I think honestly, that's why a lot of people have these chemical imbalances in their brains for a higher likelihood of anxiety and depression that mm. we didn't used to have. All of this is linked to, and a lot of holistic doctors, when you say I have anxiety or depression, what do they recommend? Exercise and changing your diet. Sure. And you know, I have friends who are personal trainers. They recommend if you want to lose weight, 95% of it is what you eat. Yeah. If you want to become a professional athlete, if you want to train for bodybuilding, if you need to do so for your health or flexibility because you need to make a muscle, not atrophy, then yeah, you need to be in the gym a lot more often. I haven't been in a gym once or done a workout once. Ever? Since I've done this. Oh, okay. I was like, what? I've done it before, yeah. 
I was miserable. Um, <laughs> but, like, not even gone for a run. Like, you know, I'll go for walks with Hannah and with Erica, but yeah. simple around the neighborhood, close areas. Like, I'm not really getting my heart rate super high like I'm doing a workout. And I've been able to lose this weight, yeah. more weight than I've ever lost on any program and faster than I've ever lost on any program. And I felt great doing it. I haven't felt dizzy. I haven't felt, um, you know, miserable or anything like that. And so um, recognize that you got to detox from sugar first. Yes. Okay. And then while you're doing that, making sure you're eating those three full meals a day, even little healthy snacks if you need to, mm-hmm. but recognizing none of them can have the sugar content in them. So yeah. don't have like a health bar or a power bar or something like that. Or, a, you know, um, that protein powder and a lot of those shakes that are out there, like Shakeology has a lot of sugar in it. Mm-hmm. Um, so make sure you know how to read a label first, uh, that you get all of that sugar stuff out of your house and that you, you're going to have to kind of meal plan for a week, week, week and a half two weeks at the most probably, um, until you detox from sugar. You'll notice the change. Once you notice the change, then you can shift into fasting. And I, I want, I, you should probably be in that place where you're like, I'm good. I'm done with sugar for like a day or two to make sure you're like, no, this is, I'm good. Like I'm detoxed. Hmm. I have energy. I'm eating three full meals, uh, but I still don't feel like super hungry when I get to them. Mm -hmm. I'm not like starving throughout the day. Um, You know, like I'm ready to go take on the world, you know. Um, And so, um, and and I'd recommend trying not to snack. If you need to snack for energy the first couple days, do healthy things like a handful of almonds or something like that that's going to fill you, something very fibrous that's going to fill you up really fast. Um, But once you detox from sugar, taking out the snacking, and then s- remove one meal, like the meal that you're like the least needing. So like if you're not a breakfast person, I know a lot of people who just like don't eat breakfast because what? they don't need to. Um, or if you're just like, I don't really need to eat lunch if I eat bre- a good breakfast. What, you know, you probably want to keep dinner. Dinner's normally the one that I don't think anyone really skips. But um, I don't know your schedule. Just delete one. And then you're going to move the other two closer and closer together each day until you're at your desired window. Now, when you do your window is kind of up to you. How long you do your window is up to you. It's going to depend on your energy. Uh, If you have a condition where you need to eat more, if you're pregnant and you need to be eating more calories, like if you're doing any of this stuff, just be sensitive to it. And no, you don't have to do a, you know, there's a a system of doing this is called OMAD, O-M-A-D, one meal a day, where you just do it like one sitting, you eat all your calories. And sometimes I've done that, you know. Sometimes, yeah, yeah, you do. Because my schedule just works out that way to where it works. But it's never the plan. Um, so I do try and do maximum four-hour window. So I have 20 hours of fasting. I know some people who do 12 to 7. Um, but as a general rule, trying not to eat for the first few hours or for the first hour when you wake up. You know, getting ready. Maybe just having some water. Making sure you're not thirsty. Um, and then trying not to eat for like the two to three hours before you go to bed. Oh my gosh. I'm so not there. <laughs> I wake up starving. Well, every Erica day. hasn't been doing the fasting. She's been, just been doing no sugar and you've lost what, almost 20 pounds. Yeah. Yeah. So like, this isn't like these two things have to go together, yeah. you know? Sure. Um, but if you want to do this, if you want to be able to really put your body in that ketogenic phase to constantly be burning energy, and if you want to stop feeling like hungry and groggy mm-hmm. throughout the day, um, Intermittent fasting can help do that. And so the window's up to you. If you, I was talking to someone the other day who they get up at four in the morning and then, you know, they're normally in bed by, you know, seven or eight. And so like, you know, they're not going to do a three to seven window because that's right before they go to bed. So I recommended like a 12 to four, one to five or something like that. Um, that way, you know, you're, you're trying to figure out what that, or if they want longer, you know, like, you know, 10 to four, you know, but trying to confine it to one time so that the entire rest of the day, when you're sleeping and when you're awake, your metabolism has been trained now to burn denser calories in fat, protein, and natural plant-based foods is being activated constantly and your blood sugar is not spiking and allowing insulin to kick in and stop you from burning fat and, okay. and, and causing you to store it. That makes sense. Um, so once you do that, your body's not going to know the difference between the fat you're eating, the calories you're eating, and the calories you have stored. And so you don't have to worry about eating throughout the day because as long as you don't have 0% body fat, you will not go into starvation mode. You will not, you know, your muscles won't start deteriorating. You won't be this like frail person. You know, yes, you have to consult your doctor, make sure it works, pay attention to your body. But I know now when I wake up and I feel groggy or I feel gross, 
I can pinpoint, it was like, oh, it's because I ate that yesterday. Or it's because mm-hmm. my window was different yesterday. Or I ate that thing and I wasn't sure what was in it. You know, because we still eat out quite a bit. Yeah, we do. And we try and make smart decisions. And most of the time it's easy. You know, yeah. a lot of places have gluten-free, vegan, vegetarian options now, which is different than 10, 15 years ago. So it's not hard to do this and eat out and still grocery shop. And, you know, we don't have to meal prep or meal plan. You know, I have, um, you know snacks that I eat, you know, at the beginning of my window that fill me up pretty well. And then I have a little bit of a break and I eat dinner, you know? And so all Mm -hmm. we have to do is really plan dinner and you can prep it if you want to. Sometimes we do make it easier, but, um, yeah, it's, it's, it's a totally sustainable way of living. Yeah, it is. Um, and it's, it's a really awesome opportunity to see how this affects your spiritual life. Which is why I want to talk about it on this podcast because, you know, there's an axiom that like um, fast, or fasting without prayer is just dieting. And I'm not sharing this with you so that you can just have a good diet. So you can lose weight, so you can look, you know, good in a bikini or whatever. Like self-mastery and self-control is one of the things that is so um, rare in today's world because we live in an instant gratification culture. And it's affecting our ability to be spiritually disciplined and focused in the goals that we have. And able to say no to temptation and say yeah. no to things that are bad for us. And fasting is such a commonly recommended thing in the confessional, at least from, from my experience, especially if you deal with a habitual sin. So you can regain control over your impulses, over your desires, over temptation and not fall into stupid habitual sins over and over and over mm. again. You're not going to be able to do it if you have no control. How do you regain control? Fasting. You are saying no to something every single day. Of your own free will, and even if it comes right in front of you, you can look at that thing and say, no, I'm not going to do it. I'm not going to eat it because of this. And it gives you that sense of like, I have control. You know, I'm not at the the whim of my desires or my temptations or my impulses. Like, I am utilizing the free will that God gave me. And when it becomes a struggle, fasting is a form of prayer. You can offer up your fast every single day for somebody new, for a different intention. And so you're living that prayer tradition that goes so far back in the church, mm-hmm. even to the ancient Jewish culture that our Catholic faith comes from and is rooted in, that is such a rich thing that's been lost. You know, there's, if you look at old fasting schedules in the church, like all the days and for feasts and things that they fasted for, and you look at what we do now, it's ridiculous. Yeah. Fasting during Lent at the, at the worst is still more food that we get to eat than most people in the world on a given day. Right. You know, eat two small meals that don't add up to the one large meal that you eat on a day that you're fasting. It's like you're eating three meals a day when some people have like a bowl of rice. Like, right. And that's their full meal for the day. Fasting for them is like not eating for a week, mm-hmm. you know, and usually not by choice, you know. So recognize like... that's not discipline. That's just like a kind of, it's a shallow way of still trying to incorporate a tradition in an instant gratification culture because it's become so hard for us when we have access to everything and when we're constantly craving junk because there's junk out there in so many forms. And I'm not talking just about food now. I'm talking about like there's mental junk out there and there's spiritual junk out there. And it's easy to be part of the latest fad and the latest like spirituality trend and the latest craze and the latest, um, you know, thing to be into, the latest Netflix show. And all of that is just instant gratification in one of those areas of mind, body, and soul. And it distorts our will Mm -hmm. to be able to be oriented to the person that God created us to be. I think... I think this is very, like, Franciscan of me, which is very typical for Mm -hmm. me. But I think eating food that is natural and that comes from the earth is very much, like, in tune with, like, my sense of God and Mm -hmm. finding him in nature. Like, he is providing for me, like, and so it's healthy and it's good and, like... When you can grow your own food, that's really beautiful, too, because you're working with God to, like, Mm -hmm. kind of fulfill your body yeah you know and i'm gonna just bring this back to monty don for one moment and (laughs) big dreams small spaces but watching him kind of help people build these beautiful like vegetable like patches and things like that that they can like sustain themselves in their Mm -hmm. community you know because we're called to serve other people as well you know i think that's at least for me helps me kind of bring spirituality into the whole process yeah and things like part of catholic social teaching like 
the first element of dignity of human life in the person, one of the elements of solidarity with like free trade and good food and people in the world who don't have food, mm-hmm. um, you know, the preferential option for the poor and recognizing people who don't have good food and access to good food. Yeah. Um, and then uh, care for the environment, you know, and recognizing like a lot of the practices that are allowable in our country are illegal most other places in the world because of their detrimental effect on humanity and on the environment. Yeah. And so like recognizing if I'm living up to what the church is asking of me as a Catholic who's faithful to Catholic social teaching, I need to be a better steward of the environment, of my body, of the bodies of the people in my family. Mm-hmm. And that's mind, body, and soul and recognizing how they're all linked. And this is a huge way, I believe, in our culture that people are dying, they're getting sick, they're not able to live the calling that God has called them to as faithfully as they want to because Mm -hmm. they feel so bogged down by this. And it affects self-esteem, anxiety, depression, all these different medical disorders. And it's it's just, it's obvious when you look at other places in the world, you know, when you look at the rate of cancer and heart disease in other places of the world, the rate of obesity in other places in the world, even in third world nations, you know. Um, the fact that they only eat what they can grow and what they can find probably makes them a lot healthier if it wasn't for the poverty and the lack of access and a lot of the tyrannical regimes that, you know, inhibit their ability to have enough food. Mm -hmm. Um, but we have so much junk in this, in this country. We waste every day three times as much food in America as it would be needed to cure world hunger that day because we have an abundance and we have an abundance of junk, Yeah, you know? I used to be like, okay, let's go find that food and send it other places. And now that I know how much of it is terrible, I'm like, no, let's not do that. Let's just start making better food, growing better food and, you know, utilizing that. And so this is part of what we can do. If enough people started doing this and all that was left on the shelves was all the junk and nobody was buying it. Stores would stop stocking it. Right. They'd start recognizing like, wow, people suddenly like vegetables and fruit a lot more. Let's get twice, three times, four times as much of that. Mm-hmm. And every store would turn basically into a farmer's market. Right. And we wouldn't have all this processed junk. I was going to say, find a farmer's market. Yeah. You know, support like local business, local farmers, mm-hmm. you know, as well. And yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, is, is there any other questions? Uh, No. I mean, there we covered all the things that it would that we would talk about. Cool. So, so I guess well, one more, and this is a good like end one. Mm-hmm. What's the most enjoyable thing have you found from this process? Like, what could you leave us with? That's like. I think, like I said before, the fact that I can recognize how much discipline mm-hmm. I have, not just over food, but over anything that comes it comes in front of me like if it's something that is that something I'm not supposed to do is going to affect my mind my body or my soul or all three because they're all linked in a wow. detrimental way it's easy for me to say no to it now wow. because I have no there's nothing going on in my brain you know no addictive behavior no neurotransmitters going off saying I need this I need this I need this causing me to either go towards sugar because I was addicted to it or other things because I can't get that hunger fix, sure. you know, because sense. a lot of the triggers for habitual sin are you're tired, you're angry, you're stressed, you're hungry, or you're lonely. Hmm. Um, and a lot of those things are linked. Like a lot of times when you're lonely you, or you're bored, you start eating more. Um, yeah. If you're stressed, you stress eat, you know. And so tired probably comes from the fact that you're crashing and, and your blood sugar constantly rising and falling. Yeah. You know, um, if you're hungry, it's probably because you don't recognize that all the sugar in your body is causing that hormone that tells you you're full to be inhibited. Mm. If you're angry, it's probably because your mood is constantly shifting because of the energy that you have. Um, you know, if, if you're all those other triggers, like you can probably link all or most of them to this as well and recognize like, what we do with our bodies affects our souls, yeah. you know, affects our ability to think rationally and approach things in a joyful, you know, um, good way, you yeah. know, and it's, it's just, it's amazing the research I found and it's infuriating at the same time because when you're, you're, I mean, I'm a bit of a conspiracy theory nut. So like I, <laughs> when I heard about this, I was like, oh yeah, I totally believe the government has policies that are poisoning our food and making us all fat. Absolutely. Like a hundred percent. I believe that. But once I saw the research, like, it's like, no, like, this isn't just a conspiracy theory. This is a fact. Like, this has been going on for years, and the projections are just getting worse. Right. And so, um, if you're interested in finding out more about this, 
I always tell people, don't just take my word for it. Do your own research. And mm-hmm. I'm going to put links to the podcast episode for Jimmy Aiken in the show notes for this. Two great documentaries, um, Fed Up and That Sugar Film. That Sugar Film was the first thing I watched after listening to Jimmy Aiken. And it's about a, a man who already didn't eat sugar, but he decided to eat the daily amount that uh, Americans on average eat. Uh, but eat the same amount of calories that he was already eating and spend the same amount of food on groceries to defeat the myth that you're going to spend more if you're eating healthy um, mm. and that it's about counting calories. And in two months, he was like pre-diabetic. He had like hypertension or high blood Jeez. pressure. He had gained all this weight, even though he was eating the same amount of calories. So it's, you know, and then in about two months of going back, he shifted right back to where he was before and he wasn't exercising. It was just about eating well, Yeah. you know, um, he may have been, you know, doing a little bit of physical fitness if I remember actually, but, um, you know, so check those things out. We'll put them in the show notes. We'll link to the Google doc that gives you all the instructions on how to get started, all the food groups to, um, eat kind of a general idea of what you might want to shop for and that huge list of ingredients to avoid, um, all for free. Nothing is charged. Nothing is, you know, limited access. Like you have all of it because we all deserve this information. Um, and I don't care if, you know, Coca-Cola and McDonald's find out about this and, I don't know, send me a letter like to, you know, uh, immediately cease and desist. Like they right. they don't own this information, you know, like they're, all these companies are poisoning us and we need to do something about it um, by just, you know, stop eating all the junk products that they make. Um, and then a link to an app called Fujicate, which you can, if you have trouble kind of knowing what certain ingredients are, you can scan the UPC code on your phone through this app. And most, um, general food brands will pop up and it'll tell you exactly what ingredients are in it and what they're there for and mm. what they really mean. Interesting. Um, so it'll help you read a food label better. Um, but the Google doc will give you a general idea of how to do that. Um, and some principles to start following. Um, if you have any questions about how to do this, please reach out to me, like email me, go to manafoodforthought.com, send me an email, follow us on Instagram at manafoodforthought, um, comment, you know, send us a direct message. Even if it's like, you know, can I eat this? Or, you know, I have another question about this, or I'm not sure about why this is on the Google doc or, you know, something like that. If you're local and, you know, we're friends, you know, or even if we're not and you want to meet up and, you know, talk more about this, become (laughs) friends, like, let me know. Um, if you're in Orange County, I'd be happy to come and talk to you more about this because I'm just really passionate about sharing this information. So if you've been with us for this whole episode, I know it went a little bit longer than our, our recent episodes, but this is important information to share. And if you think someone else needs to hear this, uh, please share this episode with them. Rate and review the podcast if you haven't. And if you want to continue uh, to allow us to do this podcast, it does cost money, but you can become a financial supporter for as little as a dollar a month uh, on Patreon by visiting our website at uh, manafoodforthought.com and uh, click on the Patreon tab right there on the homepage and it'll take you there um, to support us. Um, So thank you so much for listening to episode 49. Hopefully Jenna and I will be back together for our episode 50. That's a big one um, in a couple weeks. But until then, we're praying for you and we will see you in the Eucharist. Bye. Bye.